Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'm your host, Doris Hansen, and we talk about Mormon polygamy on this show. This time, we are privileged to have a young lady who has come out of a polygamy group and wants to share her story. But before we get started, I just want to remind our viewers that if you or anyone that you know wants to get out of a polygamy situation, a Children Refuge ministry can help you. You can go to their website, childrenrefuge.org, or you can call the toll-free number, 877-425. 9993 and all conversations are held in confidence and if you want to make comments about our show or if you would like to be a guest on our show you can email us at email at whatloveisthis.tv or call 385-240-2888 all of our contact information is on our website Also, before we get started, I'd like to mention that today's show marks a milestone in our media ministry as we've been reaching out to those in polygamy. This is our 400th show. Now, the first seven years were uh, live shows that we did an hour long on the local TV station, TV20. But after the station was sold to new owners, we moved to pre-recorded one-half-hour shows, which is what we're doing now, and we've been doing it for about a year and a half. We are really surprised that contemporary Mormon polygamy as well as early Mormon polygamy has produced so much information that we have actually been able to come up with 400 shows about it. And we plan to continue doing this as long as God wants us to continue doing this. We want to thank everyone involved with the production and all of our viewers because it's a team effort and none of us could do it without the other one. But most of all, we want to thank God because he has given us each opportunity to reach out in his love to help those who have been abused and hurt so badly and so deeply in polygamy. Now, I would like to introduce our guest, our special guest for this 400th show. She is from the LeBaron Polygamy Group, and she has a very interesting and encouraging story to tell. I'd like to introduce and welcome Lila LeBaron. Hey. Hello. (laughs) Thank you for coming. Yeah, it's nice to be here. And it's nice the schedule worked out because normally Mm. uh, you're not like living in Salt Lake or anything, but you just happen to be here during this time. And so that worked out. We'll talk about that a little bit later. You know, a lot of the people who watch our show are people who are from polygamy groups. Um, They've been indoctrinated into Mormon doctrine, and of Mm -hmm. course for polygamists that includes polygamy. A lot of LDS people watch our show too. We get emails from people from all over the country, not just Mm -hmm. religious emails from Mormonism, but also all over the country. Um, and all walks of life who watch our show to learn about polygamy and about the experiences that we talk about. But your story is unique amongst a lot of the stories that we've had that I think it's important for many of our viewers to hear. So you didn't suffer long and have difficult times in the polygamy groups or in the polygamy marriage. Uh, yours is just a little bit different than that. But you do have a special journey. So, <laughs> so let's talk about, let's start with your childhood. You were born and raised in the LeBaron 
in yes. the LeBaron group. Tell us yeah. a little bit about your childhood, what it was like. It was very interesting growing up that way. Um, I kind of grew up in this little bubble thinking that this is how marriage was supposed to be. And I didn't really have a great understanding of real marriage, biblical marriage. And so um, I just, everywhere I looked, there was um, polygamy. And I just remember just having a bad experience of marriage in general. And just so much divorce and so much families being broken. Mm. And, mm -hmm. and growing up with many brothers and sisters was very interesting mm. as well. I mean, it was good in a sense that I had lots of um, playmates as a child. Right, but, right, right. right. But, yes. but now this was in the LeBaron community in Mexico, right? Yes. Uh huh. And what, what um, city, town, what was the name of your compound or your the town that you lived in? Um, well... The community is called LeBaron, and it's in, yes, in Chihuahua, in Chihuahua. Mexico. Okay. Yes. And, and so you were born there? I was born, yes. And there, raised in that community. Yes. Your mother was a plural wife then? She was. She was the first wife. Oh, she was the first. Mm -hmm. How many wives did your dad have? Um, he, has, he had four that I know of, yes. And who is your father? My father is Samuel LeBaron. What, was he part of the leadership? I know that's the name of, of the, you know, the leadership yes. was LeBaron. Is he part of the leadership? Yes, just... he was, um, yes, he was part of the leadership. What relationship was he to, say, Joel LeBaron? Joel LeBaron, he, I believe, was his cousin. His cousin? I'm not quite yeah, sure. Okay, well, <laughs> but Joel was the, was the initial prophet. Yes. And, and, then... and um, they would say that Joel LeBaron passed on um, the priesthood of the blessing to one of um, it was either my father or somebody else. They weren't sure of it after Joseph LeBaron he passed away or he died. Yes, they they weren't sure who had it, so there's still not a leadership there in LeBaron. And there was a big a problem problem there because he pr always preached that Jesus would come back while he was still alive. Hmm. Right? And then he died, and a lot of people, before Jesus returned. And hmm. so it upset a lot of people, and, and actually shattered the faith of a lot of people there, because Joel was dead, and Jesus hadn't come back yet. Yeah. Did you remember, and do you know I, any about I that? I don't remember that. <laughs> That's interesting. Of course, you're younger than some of the, yes. the more people like that. So your mother was the first wife, and so that each wife in a plural marriage has their own special hurt. If you're a first wife, then you have the initial love, the initial heart mm -hmm. of, the, of the husband. But then when he takes additional wives, that's a special hurt for her. But each additional wife also has a different kind of a special hurt yeah. every time he takes another wife or has to deal with the first wife. Did you see that in, your, in her marriage or were you too young to um, comprehend what was happening? I think I was, I just remember having lots, like seeing lots of arguments happening, lots of conflict, just throughout, like seeing the wives, how they interacted, and I don't know. Yeah. I, I did see a you lot just, of hurt. and You just knew something was wrong. Yes, I right. did. did. Did you ever wonder, is this the way God, is, is God's chaotic like this? Is that the oh, way yeah. he really wants it? Yes. And the hurt, that pain. Um, how many total children did your father have? 33. Okay. How many children did your mom have? 14. Wow. 
And I'm the 13th. You're so, the next yeah. to the youngest. Wow, okay. So you did have a lot of kids to play with, and, and <laughs> did you have a safe childhood? Do you have good memories, happy memories, or was there abuse or stress? Uh, yeah, um, I did have happy memories, like you said, growing up with lots of friends and stuff, but I just remember always feeling unsafe. Like, um, just having a fear of my father, my earthly father, um, and just every time he would come home, instead of being happy and like wanting to embrace him like as a child would with their father, it was just I wanted to run away because I felt if I wasn't doing something good or if I wasn't doing my chores, that he was going to get mad at me and punish mm -hmm. me. And so, yeah, I just... Isn't that, the, isn't that odd that you just said that and, and the Bible tells us that God's uh, God's love drives out fear because here fear has to do with punishment, mm -hmm. and we don't have to have that fear with God or or even with a um, a father who is maybe exactly. not a polygamous father, but and that's it. It um, affected the way I looked at God, kind of like I was afraid to yes. approach God because I was afraid that if I wasn't good enough for Him, then He was going to punish me, and so I was always afraid to approach Him mm -hmm. because and, of knowing my earthly father that way. Yeah, yeah, and that's pretty normal for that. So how, how large of a community would you say that the LeBaron group is or was? Yeah, I say about like 2,000 and growing. It is growing. It is. It's not going away. Many children are being born. <laughs> are the they? Community. Do you even know if if new people are coming in? If they're growing by new people, or is it just by internal? Uh, I say birth? by internal. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Are they happy? I mean, you've gone down mm, that down yeah. there and visited since you've left. Are are they a happy people? I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. I just. I see. A lot of um, hypocrisy and just trying to make something beautiful that isn't. That isn't and cannot be yeah. made beautiful. And I think that's what their frustration is. Um, when I was, I grew up in a polygamist home. My, my mother was the second wife of my father. I just didn't know if you knew that. But yeah. we were not allowed to refer to him as our father um, we didn't even know he was our father till we were, we were old enough to keep a secret. So usually that was 10 years old or more. Um, now you came from the first wife, and so you were able to refer him to, to him as father. What about the ones that weren't from the first wife? How did they refer to him? Did I they? believe they did refer to them to him as father as well. So they didn't have I guess, hide it like yeah. we did. In Mexico, the reason why they moved down there is because they wanted more flexibility with that. And mm -hmm. so... I believe that they didn't try to hide it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they didn't need to really because there yeah. wasn't any fear of the law. Okay. Yeah. Um, your mother, well, let's move into the part where, where there's a separation with you mm -hmm. and the, the polygamy group. Your mother and your father got divorced yes. when you were 10 years About old? About 10 years old. Why did they divorce and tell us <laughs> what happened? Yeah, it was just my mom had been gone, going through depression and just like word abuse, like verbal abuse from my father and it just was never working out and I could see it as a child, just this conflict and um, just no peace, like 
I never saw peace on my mom's face or my dad's face. And so when the divorce happened, it was like I saw it coming. Uh-huh. So do you think that lack of peace was mostly due to polygamy? I, I believe that is part of it and just the struggles of everyday life, like having to provide for so many families and trying to get along with so many families. Yes, mm -hmm. I believe that was very difficult and my father had to leave many times to provide for my mother and the rest of the family. Was there a lot of poverty? Was it pretty bad? Yeah. Poverty? I mean, when I was born, since I'm one of the, the youngest, I'm the 13th um, child, I believe my brothers and my sisters, the older ones, they did go through a lot of poverty uh -huh. and a lot of lack of... Um, personal things that they needed. Yeah. So your mother was um, sad and wanted to get a divorce and so obviously it happened. Mm -hmm. She did, did you stay in the community or did she, she leave? Yeah, she stayed in the community and actually lived right next door to my father and his other wives. Oh my goodness. Yes. Wow, that must have been interesting. <laughs> So what happened when, when, did she completely abandon the polygamy doctrine, even though she stayed there? Did she still believe in Mormonism or Joseph Smith or polygamy, any of those things? Yeah, she still believes in all of that. She did? Yes. Interesting. Um, you were introduced to Christianity at an early age. Yes. Explain what happened with that. Yeah, so when my mom and dad got divorced, I think my mom like kind of felt the freedom to like search other places for the truth and so she took me to a small Christian Bible study with my aunt and uncle and that's where like just in a house like just with chairs in a circle just reading the Bible and I remember my I would list like hear songs on the guitar and stuff and just as a child that was really fun for me and like I could clap my hands and like um, just worship God and just that's yeah. where I began to yeah to read the Word of God as a child. <laughs> so is that is that Mike and Rosa? Yes. Boss, Jose. Okay. Um, now we talked earlier a little bit about Carissa mm -hmm. um, LeBaron, which we helped her out. They, we, she flew up here and, and we helped her and her children get out mm -hmm. of the polygamy situation mm -hmm. she was in. And she's your half-sister, right? She is, yes. Okay, she's a sweet lady, and so are you. But, <laughs> she's awesome. But I thought that was interesting because we invited Carissa to share uh, kind of as a, a pinpoint uh, interview for the final live show that we did when we mm -hmm. did TV20, and so you get to share our 400th show. That's landmark, so that's quite, <laughs> quite fun. But anyway, I do know Mike and Rosa. They have actually been on the show, too, mm -hmm. and they are great Christian people, and so they introduced you to biblical Christianity. They did. Did they nurture you through some times to get to know what it was really all about? Yeah, they did. Like Mike and Rosa were like a father and mo and mother to me. Especially Mike um, was like a father that I never had. So did you learn <coughs> that God is love? You don't have to fear. You don't have to fear punishment from Him. Yes. Like the polygamists love to teach, God is wrathful and yeah and punishes us. Yes, I did begin to learn that as I read. The Word of God and just this God of love that loved me personally and like I always sought as a child to be loved by God there was no question in my mind that that like there was a God I knew that there was I just I wanted to search for him and like I didn't find it in my family and my friends in my community in that religion didn't find it anywhere else except for reading the Word of God Wow. 
And that began at that Bible study. How old were yes. you when that started? Um, I'd say about 10 years old. 10 years old. Yes. It's a good time to start. Wished I'd started learning about him when I was at that early age. Yeah. Uh, and I never learned, and most, I don't think people from uh, at least polygamy, I can't speak, of course, for every mm -hmm. person, but generally uh, most people from this religion are not aware of God's love, as unconditional as it is, yeah. and as profound as it is, and especially to a child. Uh, when you don't have a father who, where you can experience his love, yeah. How wonderful it is to learn God loves you. It is wonderful and to just, it's just so amazing how God used my mother to take me to that Bible study. And my mom, she still didn't find like that, that love and knowing that Jesus is enough and she doesn't need that religion and she's, and God still used my mom and mm -hmm. it's just really amazing how he saw me out of those 33 brothers and sisters <laughs> and said I'm gonna put my hand of protection over you and I'm gonna save you and just grow you so that you can grow up and glorify me and testify of how amazing of a God I am right. and how I want everybody to know me and, and so that your mother can know maybe want to know him because he see you she sees what God's done in your life yeah and your brothers and sisters yeah and we have so many like that so when you first realized uh, at 10 years old I knew that I had to earn the love of God and the love of my parents and if mm -hmm. I didn't perform then I didn't earn their love and, and so I was on the outs um, when did you first learn that you didn't have to earn your salvation <laughs> it was a gift, and what did that do to you? Yeah, I say about when I was 13, that's when I finally, like, God, I'm yours. I'm going to leave my old life and have a new life and be baptized and raised again into new life. And it was just amazing to feel the chains of my sin and my salvation that, that I thought was on my shoulders be totally washed away and set free to to serve God not because um, because I think I need to earn His love, but to serve Him because He loves me so much and I want everybody to know God's love the way that I know it. Yeah, yeah and you don't have to earn it. Now, what did your family, what did your community, what did your mother think of, of your decision to, to follow almost the opposite direction of, of their um, doctrine? Yeah, she, she respected it. For a while she she wanted to encourage me to keep going to the Mormon church and not leave it behind, but there came a point where I told her I didn't want to go to the Mormon church anymore, that Jesus was enough for me and the mm -hmm. Bible was enough for me. And my family, I guess, they were just kind of confused and kind of I was looked down on a little bit, like mm -hmm. if I was not coming to the fullness of the truth of what Joseph Smith offered but I was limiting myself to the truth. Mm -hmm. Okay. And yet, and yet here you are having all this joy, you know, rivers of living water, the Bible says, when we, mm -hmm. when we come to Jesus. And, and you compare that with the, the depression and the sadness and that's going on with your community and your family. And you would think that they would want to have that freedom and that joy. But they exactly. don't. Sometimes they just don't. Yeah. What did that do to your heart? Well, my heart just cries out to my family and 
I just I share with them and my community the simple truth of the gospel and it's like their hearts have been hardened to the simple truth of it and that's a big part of my testimony that I believe that God really he had his hand of protection over my heart because there were so many reasons and situations for me to want to harden my heart towards God but for some reason it wasn't yeah. and yeah. I think the only reason why is because there was only one direction to look and that was up and to turn to the one who loved me despite mm -hmm. the brokenness despite that and that's awesome yeah. and he moves in and heals in such a wonderful way I was out 25 years before I found Jesus and I was not healed one little bit until that happened I had just stuffed yeah. it and I kind of thought maybe Maybe I was healed, but I, will, I wasn't mm. at all. I was carrying it with me. Well, let's get into your passion for music. Mm -hmm. you, you said you went to the Bible study and, the, and there was a lot of joy and singing and clapping. Yes. And, and, and you just rejoice in the truth of, of mm -hmm. Jesus and what he's done for us. What happened with your passion for singing? Explain. Yeah, well, it just grew. And I just, just to put God's words, words into music was just an amazing thing for me and I just I loved it I I found so much joy in praising God and worshiping him knowing what he did for me I wanted to express that in a way through music mm -hmm. and okay. so and so you did yeah and that small Christian Bible study it it turned into a church building and I got to be a part of like sharing the gospel through my voice there in Chihuahua, Mexico, in that community. Mm. And, and did people seem to enjoy that? They didn't ridicule you for doing they that? They did enjoy it. Even the whole community, even of fundamental Mormons, they, they enjoyed it because they enjoy Christian music. And so I used it to to sneak the truth into my community by being in talent shows and singing at their church events and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I just really tried to be a light to my community. There were mm -hmm. hard times, but there were good times when God used me to yeah. be a light. Wow, good. Praise God. The message is great. And you know, when, when we have a God who loves us as much as God loves us, despite our sin, despite our failures, it is something to sing about. It is. <laughs> it's not that we've got an egotistical God, it's that He's the best thing in the universe and, mm -hmm. and, and He loves us so unconditionally yes. despite what we've done and been through. So uh, you left Mexico and you joined Adams Road. The Adams Road Band, yes. <laughs> right? T tell our viewers, maybe some people who are not familiar with Adams Road, explain who they are and what you're doing. Yeah, so I, I left Chihuahua, Mexico about a year and a half ago and kind of just went to to just try to grow because I just really wasn't finding that fellowship and growth in that community. I wanted to be reunited with believers as the Bible teaches and so that led me to be part of Adam's Road through my pastor Mike Abate um, in Mexico we reached out to him to the Adam's Road ministry and so we had a similar background in coming out of Mormonism and so we just felt strongly that my place was to be in Adam's Road and to share the message of God's amazing grace and to use my talents of singing uh -huh. to glorify yeah. God. And, you know, people would say, and I would say, that that's the ideal ministry. You know, what, what fun that must be for you to go. And yeah. you, you travel all over the country. We do. Uh, presenting God's message through music. We do, yes. Um, has it been a big blessing to you? Have you it fully has. enjoyed it? <laughs> it's been an amazing blessing. 
It's been great. How many? Now you go in places that really there's not a lot of Mormonism in in the community. How has that affected? Um, I, I mean, you know, a few yeah. Mormons that maybe. Yeah, it just really um, reaches an, out to people that even grew up in the Christian church and just felt like they had to earn God's love, like, and so it just it really the message of of grace and unconditional love is for everybody, not not only people that came out of Mormonism. It's just the freedom that we find in Christ, and we use our background to to just share that freedom in Christ. And, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that is an ideal ministry with them having the Mormon background, you having the fundamental background, mm -hmm. which is all amalgamated into the same thing anyway. So explain, if you can, we only have a, a little over a minute okay. left. Uh, explain what you, how you would explain grace to a Mormon fundamentalist. Grace? Grace. It's not God's grace. Yes, God's grace. Um, it's not something you can work for. It's free. It's a free gift, and it is. It's unconditional love. <laughs> it's unconditional love given to everyone who wants it. Of course, he doesn't force it on us. He doesn't. <laughs> he wants us to want him, and, exactly. and when we do. That I had no idea what grace was, <laughs> except the name of a of a somebody I knew. Um, we we want people to hear your story, and and maybe they can go online and and find Adams Road, and maybe yes. maybe find some more information nice. about you. What is the website for that? AdamsRoadMinistry.com, and they can find out all that Adams yeah. Road is doing and their itinerary and what they're doing. Yes, and, and the schedule. Going. Uh -huh. And you can download all the free music. There's free materials on that website. We love people to, to hear the music and just be encouraged and have it freely, just like God's grace. Right. Just, it's just a free gift. God's grace is free. <laughs> and, and would you encourage people who are thinking of leaving polygamy or have left polygamy, would you encourage them to seek out Jesus through the Bible? Oh, yes. I encourage you to do that because... He is amazing, and His grace is just amazing. God, God is not something to be thrown out. Just because uh, our religion failed us mm -hmm. doesn't mean that God will fail it. Well, thank you, Lila. Our time You're is over. Welcome. It goes so fast. <laughs> it does. Thank you for sharing with us. You know, every story is different, and Lila was blessed that she got out at a young age, and I was blessed because I got out at 18. But others can't escape polygamy until after a lifetime of abuse and rape and poverty, slavery and indoctrination. But whenever someone does come out, Jesus is always there to help and heal if you will let him. It took me 25 long years to trust Jesus after I left, but when I finally did, I wondered why I had waited so long, how different my life was. Would have been. God is ready to help everyone who escapes polygamy, and God is good. He promises that those who seek the truth will find it. In fact, He tells us where to find the truth. It's not in religion, and it's not in polygamy, or mysticism, or Joseph Smith. It's in Jesus Christ alone. Thank you for watching. God bless. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of the Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program 
at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.